I'm going to go on record and say if I had a daughter or basically who I was as a young person is Marseille Martin. Like that would be her. It probably looked like her. And also more specifically, Diane from Blackish is probably the person who I was. I think I said it before on like Twitter. I was just like, who would you want to play you in a bio in a biopic or a biopic? Is it biopic or biopic? Biopic. Uh, either one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, Marseille Martin. Hands down. Easy. See, I don't I don't watch Blackish. I don't know. I just never really I love Tracy Ellis Ross. I think just from seeing the movie we're gonna discuss today, I love Marseille. She's adorable. Um but yeah, this never really got, but I've heard about, I've heard about, um, is it Diane? It's Diane, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard about her character. <laughs> and Marcy has referred to her as the evil twin, so I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Like, and it took yeah. a lot of arm pulling for me to look at, to check out Blackish because it's kind of made from white people. Um, <laughs> so it's. It's a it's a fine show. It's funny enough at times. Uh, my favorite part, of course, Jennifer Lewis has essentially been playing the same character in almost everything she's been in for the past 25, 30 years. And she's still and it's and funny enough, it's you can still she's still being a different person each and every time. But it's still the same delivery. But it's still fantastic. She's funny. She's wonderful. And yeah, I mean, there are a lot of there's a lot of good things about the show, but yeah, I, I I will watch it now occasionally. Like you know, it's it's fine. I'm just I'm less into the black people one on one kind of mode. It kind of gets into more or less, and then more into like the family dynamic stuff is kind of my bag or what I'm interested in when I watch it. But Ooh. this is not a this is not a blackish topic related. Uh, podcast episode we're getting into Little which I believe Marseille produced yes she produced and I think it was her idea she basically came up with the idea yeah I so I didn't do a whole lot of homework as far as mm -hmm. knowing anything about this film but yeah I'm curious because she is you know of course what is she Gen Z so I wonder, mm -hmm. I don't know if it came from the idea of Big, the Tom Hanks movie from like the late 1980s. I'm not sure. She, yeah, yeah. She said that she got, she was inspired by Big, but I think she made a much better film. <laughs> Sorry, but I guess, what? you know, Big, I, yeah, I don't know. I think Big was fine. I don't know. It was okay. From what I remember, I'm not, um, yeah, it was cute. It's cute. I just found the whole thing about her. It was just the whole him like with this 
adult woman, but he's actually a child inside. That kind of freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, even as a kid, I'm like, this. Some of the some of these scenes are awkward. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. I think I liked it better because I was pro- I was a kid when I watched that, and also I think. Yeah. So I think so. Yeah, I will. I will weigh. I will weigh the pros and cons of both. I think that um, big is a little bit more superficial, whereas yes. little has. There's a reason. There's a more substantial reason why she's why she goes back to being like a what a twelve thirteen year old again. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get into little a little bit. Let me little a little bit. Uh, so basically, <laughs> little came out in 2019. Um, it's a comedy, and it's. Basically, this the how I would summarize it is uh, when a tyrannical kind of STEM executive encounters a young girl with a power of unknown origin, she's transplanted back to her physical younger self, where she must find the light she lost at that age. Um, I hate that it sounds so kind of flowery, but I couldn't find a better word for light. Like I guess like mm-hmm. the spark. Like the what I love. I guess no. What I will always say about the thing. I can. I'll speak obviously for myself. Um, there's a little bit that you kind of lose as you get older. Mm-hmm. Like when you're young, everything's a little bit more, you're a little bit more sprightly. Um, you're a little bit more, I was a little bit, I was much more, what's the word? Uh, I don't know the word, like peppy, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. I can't think of the word right now, but I was a little bit more, I, I, had, a, I had a little bit more enthusiasm about life when I was a child. And that's been lost due to a lot of things, but um definitely age and so again it's it's like i wanted to bring this up eventually but i guess i'll say it now as we're kind of free-flowing but i you know for better or worse like donald glover or childish gambino has made some really good music and i there's one one thing just this like kind of interlude on his one of his um i guess i don't know if you call it interlude i guess you can one of his um albums where he was kind of talking about one specific memory that he had from being a younger person and still being that same person like that one event or or a series of events that kind of like you kind of get stuck in time there where you kind of become you evolve for better or worse um or in, or somewhere in between and that's kind of how i feel about kind of transitioning into adult myself like i'm not I, I, I'm definitely a different person, but in a way where it's because and I'm still working through this, obviously, but the place, but the place where you're still, where, where things in life change you, where it probably, where, it, where, you know, you got to get to a point when you get older, where you kind of have to like address that. Like, okay, you're still this person, but you just let this sour circumstance make you into something or transform you a little bit into something that you're not. I don't know if you have a similar kind of perspective. So you mean like a defining moment as an adult, right? That, that as a child, kind of, as a child. Oh my God. I had so many. <laughs> um, and, and, and that moment actually makes you feel like you're back in that childhood space again. No, more so no. like that particular circumstance. Like, pretty much like the film. So in the film where uh, her name is Jordan, right? So young Jordan, yeah. played by Marseille, is, you know, she's she's doing this kind of whole uh, science experiment for the kind of middle school talent show. 
and there were bullies there. People were bullying her, but she's like, nope, I'm going to do this and I'm confident in myself and I'm going to do this science experiment and wow my student body, my peers. And then when one bully just does something to physically harm her and then she has this moment when she's in the hospital and she's just like, you know what? I'm going to get them before they get me. It's that, that's what I mean. Like that, like those circumstances where it kind of just kind of, where you kind of twist your personality a little bit. So you, again, I think it's like a common kind of like you have, you have defense mechanisms because you're so afraid to get hurt again. So you're doing everything you can to not have that happen. Yeah. I think for me, yeah, um, definitely. I don't know. None of them were like, I mean, I think, I could relate to Jordan as a a tween because I wasn't the popular kid. So I don't even know if there was this one defining moment. I think it was like several moments where it just, um, I, I think I withdrew this kind of the similar way that Jordan did so that I wouldn't get hurt because I was, um, not really bullied, but I was kind of like, um, I guess bully but like made fun of a lot and you know I had like a couple of traumatic things happen to me as a kid which uh, um it affected my appearance and so people would think that there was something horribly wrong with me and then you know I just um I wasn't in with the in crowd let's just say <laughs> so yeah and I think that actually did define me in terms of the way I look and I still feel like that little kid in terms of the way I look and it's just like a lot of stuff like a lot of um stuff that stays with you and then you have to as an adult steal yourself I found I steal myself more when I was an adult than when I was a child in that moment so yeah it's an interesting uh that's an interesting point that you're bringing up yeah, I think yeah for a comedy again, just uh, on the surface you can watch it as popcorn fare, but it is getting into these mm. deeper kind of psychological issues to an extent. Like, um, and obviously personally, I kind of identifying with these characters, I kind of see it um, even more so. Um, but just an over overview because we're talking about like who are the people in front and behind the camera. So this film had a both. Um, a black woman writing and directing team, both Tina Gordon, who's the director, and Tracy Oliver, who is um, also the screenplay screen the screenwriter, along with um, Tina Gordon and Tracy Oliver. For those who don't know, she is the Wicked Witch of the West and uh, the Awkward Black Girl web series. She's the light skin, uh, awful <laughs> person. Like it's all. I think it's the timing, but like. Cause yeah, she plays like the overly like awful coworker that you really can't stand. And then Issa's character, like any any time, like one time she was like saying, I think she was in there in a meeting, and she had said something like really snide to to Issa in front of every, everyone. And then like Issa's like inner voice is like, "Fuck you, bitch!" I was cracking up laughing. I don't know, cause you sometimes you know transitioning into like what we're gonna be talking about this story. Sometimes you be you really want to be saying that to your bosses or your coworkers oh. because they be awful sometimes but yep. like so that awful person is jordan sanders as an adult played by regina hall and Issa ray is in this movie too funny enough as april williams she plays the assistant and like we mentioned before marseille is little jordan sanders um 
Justin Hartley. I don't know who this guy is, but that teacher, Whoa. Mr. Marshall. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. That was involuntary. <laughs> I, is, is is he? Yeah. I, I would listen. That, that was a biological response. Um, he. I don't know where he came from or who he is. He's been on Smallville. It's his us. This is us. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, that TV show. He's going to be in a new movie, I think, next year called The Exchange. He was also in The Hunt, that terrible movie. He was from in The Hunt. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but they didn't that. like, they didn't dress him up as fine as he was in this movie. He was also on The Young and the Restless. So. Yeah, he is just an actor who looks really, really good. That was fantastic casting. Thank you. Um, also, the uh, the Alexa-type homegirl device that's in this film as well, the voice is Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. Funny enough. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I saw it. I was like, oh, okay. And it didn't really, it obviously didn't compute, but I thought, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so uh, Tone Bell plays Preston. Mikey Day plays Connor. J.D. McCrary plays Isaac. Tucker Meek is Devin. Uh, Thalia Tran is Raina. Those are the young kids in the movie. Uh, Marley Taylor is Stevie. I believe Stevie is the young girl who's got, yeah, she's got like the magical powers or whatever. She wishes that Jordan was little. And uh, Eva Carlton plays uh, Karen Green. And Luke James plays Trevor, and Rachel Dratch is playing the character she always plays. She plays the she plays the um, <laughs> child protective services person. She's always playing these kind of characters, and I love that she's getting her she's getting that money, just being mm-hmm. like the support like a supporting character a character, but still like memorable and fun to watch. Like she's put her work in. I I salute her. So that's the principal cast. That's more or less everyone who's in it. I don't know. Forgive me. Oh, I found it. So the guy who plays Trevor, Jordan's love interest, I'm going to call him uh, Johnny Gill because he plays Johnny Gill in the new edition movie. So oh, that's who he is to me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hilarious. And rub you the right way. Oh, goodness. Um. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's him. He, the one with the washboard abs and stuff like Ugh. that. So, which that's too much for me. He's too pretty for me. Oh, yeah, I actually think that um, Tone Bell is really is really cute. Like <laughs> he's very cute. I don't know him from. Apparently, he was on Flash. I, I don't know him. I think he's a comedian. I think he's a stand-up because yeah. I've heard his mm-hmm. name a lot. That me. Okay. I really do think because I hear because I hear most um for people who don't know i am i don't know if i've mentioned it before but i'm kind of a comedy nerd like a new like a new school comedy nerd so um i listen to a lot of uh podcasts run by comedians so and i've heard the name tone bell uh run uh, runabouts regularly and so yes a tone bell is a stand up comedian so okay. so yeah that's the principal cast of this movie uh what yeah the film we already talked about the opening the opening of the film is um kind of jordan's character as a young person dealing with bullies being her confident stem self until a bully knocks her down a peg and she says nobody nobody bullies the boss because her parents i don't know if her parents gave her the best message you tell me Mm. i i just don't it was just it was just just too simple (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, I like that her parents were like positive at least, you know? Like they were positive and they're like, "Oh, you're smart and you'll, you know, you'll be the boss and you won't have a bully anymore." I mean, it it's great to kind of give your kids some positive encouragement, but also that's not true because life is full of bullies. Yes. <laughs> so you will get them at every stage of your life. Um, and you might not be the boss for a long time, you know? I mean, you, you just may not be the boss. Or you can definitely try, but so I did think it was it was nice of them to be positive. It's just kind of like, oh, yes, dear, don't worry, you'll be fine. But that's kind of a, too much of a blanket statement, you know? Right. But then also, I mean, you don't want to lay it on your kid. Listen, you know, <laughs> I mean, depends on what age you want to address that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I don't know. I don't have any kids. So even when I was watching my niece recently and I don't want to crush her dreams, but I also am kind of just like, um, you know, why don't you, why don't you be a science teacher or something like, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I am trying not to, and again, this is a lesson for me. If I do have children, like I'm trying not to impose mm -hmm. my, m the, the way I've kind of like ran through life. So thus far and kind of like impose it on them, but I also kind of want them to, I'm trying to dodge the immense unhappiness that is a potential possibility. But again, it's like, it's so, that's such a hard thing to do because I because not not to not to get off topic I don't want to get off topic too much but that whole thing of like imposing your trauma onto your children and her and Jordan's parents don't necessarily do that but what they don't do I think is like when I think what get lost what gets lost in translation when you give them the pep talk there's I think what's what was missing or what they didn't hear Jordan say was just like well, I'm going to get to them before they get to me. And it's just like, well, no, that's not how it works either. Like, you always treat people with kindness and fairness. And there are people who are going to, like, you're going to hit a wall with some people where you're going to have to be firm with them. But it's like you, it's, that, it's like that layered, complicated conversation you're, you can, you're supposed to have with young young people. But I think her character was old enough. You could have, you could have that layered uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think they would get it because she's all on she's she's on this whole other mode where she goes completely opposite. And when she gets older, she's just a terror monster. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> she's just horrible. Yeah. And it's I don't know. I feel like um, with my parents, too, they always gave us the hard line. They're like, oh, you know, stay away from trouble. They're going to come for you first if something goes down. I mean, practical. Yes, because <laughs> kept me out of trouble. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know if I got encouragement. Like, my grandmother used to say to me, oh, you need to go to school and then get a nice job and then get a car. And that it was like this kind of this laid out plan. And that it used to play in my head because I'm awfully, I'm painfully artistic. And I'm coming from a really practical more matriarchal home where it's like you need to learn something that's practical meanwhile my dad's in the basement painting and covered in paint and doing you know his artistic thing I mean he had to be practical too obviously he had several jobs to help you know help uh, keep a roof over our heads but I always had that war between practical and artistic and then I just as you were saying Ashley you know 
just being kind. I, I think I learned that by my mother's example, because she was just the nicest lady and she was just nice to everybody. So I learned that through my mother's example. I don't know if the only word of advice she told me was that you should always be nice to everyone because you don't know when they're going to turn up again in your life. And I, I've always, it's always in my head because people have always told me I'm too nice, but I'm like, well, that's just how I am. So, you know, I'm the bullied. I'm not the bullier. So that's right. just how it goes. And I refuse to change who I am to get a leg up, you know? I don't know. Wow. Not only do you look exactly like your father, you pretty much have his artistic sensibilities. That's, I love, I love <laughs> DNA. I love genetics. I love that to notice those kinds of things. That's fascinating to me. But yeah, my mom gave me a mix. She was incredibly encouraging. I think that's why Horror Noir is dedicated to her in her memory because the way it was told to me, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but like, you know, without her, there would be, I mean, it's all a chain reaction and I, it, there's a appreciation for that. So I was really honored. That wasn't my idea at all. someone else's to dedicate it to her. So, and I just, that means the world to me, obviously, but yeah, she was, it was a mix with her. Like she was just like, listen, I'm gonna give you the real, but also totally pushed me to do what I just wanted, just really just wanted me to be happy, but also really wanted me to be, to be realistic. It was, it was a very, it was a split mix. So, um, and I did both for a mm. long time and now I'm, I'm still doing both to be perfectly honest. I, I, there's no, I'm not rich and coasting on nothing, but, um, <laughs> but you're right. But yeah, like her parents, like, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, you know, I, I, I'm always looking for more when it comes to, when it comes to that. But again, I guess that scene was set up to kind of drive the rest of the movie where you see this like insane person who I, the whole okay you have to explain this to me. i don't know if you know i'm not this kind of a person where things have to be a specific milliliter or centimeters mm -hmm. away from this that and third like what is that some kind of condition um i don't know if it's just like uh it could be it could be like a little bit of ocd it could be but i think in her case it was just she was just being she was just, you know, showing that she had the power to ask for what she wanted, right? And not not very nicely. I think that um, it's just she's so accustomed to having things done her way. Because, you know, it's like those um, those um, artist writers, you know, I, I need bottled water with no labels on it and the bottles have to be square or something ridiculous like that, you know? It's like you, you kind of flex your privilege by by asking for these things that are that sound ridiculous but it's that you're commanding power and that people are gonna do it it is ridiculous like i don't need that much power i don't want like you're right like you first like again we all have bad days i'm a moody person sometimes you're gonna catch me on a good day sometimes not so much so i but i do but you're absolutely right i try to be mindful of being nice to people because not just because they're gonna come back to me but just because i want to be nice to people i want i want to you know not cause no trouble things like that but she clearly doesn't care she feels like i have all the money in the world and again it kind of goes back to that kind of like she's kind of stuck in time it's crazy because she's still she's still that 12 13 year old even as an adult mm -hmm. she still is and, but now she just, she, again, she, it, it's all about, it's all about being a boss. It's all about flexing. She has, she has the money where she can cut in line to get, uh, her cappuccino or whatever it is before anyone else. 
and then is going to like hump her, herself and snub her nose up to people behind her. It's just like, chicky, get over yourself. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. But but the girlfriend, um, the homegirl, I'm sorry, uh, Alexa thingy is genius, though. That is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think you would get more black women on board with Alexa if yep. <laughs> you had that. And it's funny. I also wanted to mention something. I, I What you said about, like, how sometimes your parents can, like, put you in, uh, put you in like, fear of things. Mm-hmm. I've heard two comedians say that about, like, one comedian said it about his father. And one comedian said it about her mother. So the one comedian, who, he, he was talking about his dad. I think he got to a point where he didn't want to be afraid. Like, he was tired of being afraid. Like, he grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Like, a tough and tough and rumble in New York because he's in his 50s. So you, can, so you can imagine how old he was when he was coming of age in New York City in the 70s mm-hmm. and 80s. And so he just didn't want to be afraid anymore. He wanted, he just, like, he didn't want the stress of that. So he kind of just, like, he did, he, he, did what he could like he just learned how to just not be afraid and he just had that kind of personality where he's just like i'm just gonna dive in head first like for example he talked about how you know he was afraid of girls but he got over that he just like every time he went to a party he didn't before he took his coat off he just asked the girl you want to dance like he just he got he got over the fear just by doing mm-hmm. and i think that's i think that's again that's not everyone's not going to have that but i think that's interesting i, I love hearing people talk about their lives and, and experiences like that and also like gina yashere and we both are familiar with her like Love she makes her. it, she's made it a joke. I think it's hilarious. Like in some of her specials, she talks about her her mother, her very Nigerian mother, her her Nigerian oh. mother that she says doesn't even like other black people, which I think is hilarious. But like, <laughs> she was great. talking about like like Hugo, like mom, I want to do X, Y, and Z, and then her mother would like show her like a, a newspaper clipping of like look 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 this woman died like you know like just to get her to not do anything and like the funniest one where she told her mom she wanted to be a com- or a comedian her mother's like so you're just gonna be a gay clown i was cracking up i was just like oh my god but like yeah you're right it's just like these it's so funny like it, it, it's there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that like we that you know we experience as we experience as children but also like the older people around us who are we're looking to guide us can sometimes kind of like steer us in ways of behaviors that you know aren't always great but they're not always bad either obviously so i think this is a lot of what's going on with um jordan's character i think she's she was always really confident mm-hmm. and her again her parents kind of instilled that in her even more um you know don't 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 mind him haters baby you're gonna be all right and then she kind of took it to like the 13th degree of hell yeah and she's terrible (laughs) to other people yeah and it kind of goes into um i really wanted to get into this with you because we talked about this on a one-to-one basis off air a lot about toxic bosses and so Mm. you want to get into it uh no continue (laughs) (laughs) continue please no i don't have i mean as far i mean i think we i think everyone on this planet has had or who's worked um has had taught like a really a terrible boss a boss they've either either thought was an idiot or they thought was just mean or they thought was just an awful person or someone they i i will never forget and i'm gonna i'm gonna put it out in wax so i worked for uh yeah i'm gonna say it I worked for Visit Philadelphia for for a few months and I had a I'm not going to name no names obviously but I had a really terrible boss and I don't I think it's because she did not know what she was doing and I just I just ended I ended up just really not liking her like I like I had like low grade anxiety like going to that office every morning and it would be a slow draw 
I would be walking slow. I find every excuse up to 9 a.m. I did not want to go in that office. I couldn't stand her. Um, it was just, I just didn't like that environment. Again, it was just one of those things where just like, why am I here? Cause I just, I don't feel like this job has any sort of specific direction or objective. And this was at a time in my life where I'm like, I just need to make money. You know what I mean? Like, we're just like, you just need a job just to be able to support yourself. And that's hard. That's a really hard place to be in. And it's even harder when you have bosses who are looking at you, like, you're not doing this, that, and third. I'm like, well, you're not giving me any directions. I don't have a, there's no clear to do here. So, and this, and again, it was at a time for me where I didn't even really know what I was going to do. I had really no, um, I didn't know up from down really as far as like all I knew is that I just needed to get a paycheck every two weeks so mm-hmm. and that's a that's a that's a rough place to be in but um luckily you get through it and you know but I and that's why as far as East's character because I was kind of sort of in a assistant position I don't know if that was my title I don't remember that's how bad the memory was I've blocked out a lot of things <laughs> about it I don't yeah. remember the title of my of um my job or whatever but like East's character so The one thing I will say about Little overall is that I kind of like, I feel like the trailer gave away all the good parts, to be perfectly honest. Um, Again, I like this movie, but but there's there's a lot of um, issues that I have with it. But like one of my favorites was, you know, um, when Jordan calls her and again, being unreasonable, (laughs) yelling at her for no reason. She's not even at work yet. It's not even 9 a.m. I'm sure it wasn't. And she's just like, you know, um my maid is supposed to have my uh, slippers a specific length apart from my bed so I can just plop down. Am I being unreasonable? And she like mouths, she's like, yes, bitch. Like she, like the way she mouthed that I, that felt so cathartic. Yes. Yep. Oh God. Issa's okay. Let me just say Issa Rae is a comedic genius. I, but the thing is, I don't even think she's acting like, I think that you're getting her. That's just an aside, but I mean, we've, as we talked about, you said before, we talked about this. We've been on that. We've been there. I've been there. I worked for two horrible bosses that I actually have PTSD from now. Um, and they were, um, you know, and I, we've discussed this too. Um, they were both quote unquote Christians and they were the worst people I've ever come across. And I've worked with a, a bevy of Christians. And the best Christians were the ones that didn't make a big deal about it. They're just like, well, this, this is just what I believe. And, you know, I, I go to church or they just kind of, it's a part of their life. It's not a flag that they're waving. And these were definite flag wavers. Plus, they judged me for my my. Um, my loves of things that all horror, um, the, the work I wanted to get into and to film. Um, I remember the one of the bosses that I had, <laughs> he was insane. And we were having a meeting and um, he's like, oh, you know, I hope you all have really good weekends and that, you know, maybe you do something other than sitting down and watching like horror movies. And he, he said this and both of my coworkers were like, say what? And it was a a dig at me. And I was a part-timer. I was paid shit wages. I did everything he said. I tried not to rock the boat. 
And he had the nerve to like take a dig at me for the things I love. And, you know, um, and it was just like people like that, that were so toxic that for some reason, and I actually, I was talking to my therapist about this and she was like, she goes, I don't even know why this happens to you because she knows about my terrible bosses and they've all kind of pinpointed me as someone who is perhaps maybe in their eyes weak or uh, for some reason a terrible person. And they've actually picked on me to the point where um, at this point now, when I'm looking for like, say a day job, I can't even do it. I can't even look at the posting because it's traumatizing to me to see all the like the duties listed and then like hearing their voices saying, Oh, well, can you do this? Can you even do this? Even though I've proven myself time and time again, that I can do that and more. So yeah, these type of bosses, even though um, overall I really liked little and I, when I was watching it, I laughed out loud and you laugh at the antics because it's so hyper real and, and overdone because you yes. it's played for comedy. But you know, when you, when you, go back to the essence of it. These people are terrible people and they will try and take advantage of you as much as you can, even if you push back. Cause I pushed back, but you know, it just got me into more trouble. And uh, one place I got fired, actually both places I got fired. <laughs> so whatever, but um, you, you, you got fired for being a nice person. Is what basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just it's kind of a fascinating thing and there's so many stories online of people dealing with these people who you know are inside they're just scared people and that's why they be that that's why they're being so nasty so yeah yeah scared they they're unhappy with themselves all of mm -hmm. that stuff and um again doesn't do a deep dive obviously but it does give you but i think little does give you enough context to understand like why jordan is the way she is and probably and again it's, it seems like kind of a template for understanding your horrible boss or whatever's mm -hmm. going on like um it got to the point where Issa's character uh, april got to the point where she's listening to a meditation <laughs> uh <laughs> app and she's like do you do you so you want to slap your boss or something which was really hilarious um, I think that there's a game. There was a game online or something or an app. It's like something how to kill your boss or something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, for there to be an app. That doesn't surprise me. And for like to be like a fictional meditation, but you know there's shit out there like that to try and address your stress created by the people you work for, you know it's a problem. So Yeah, because I was also going to mention... Um, like at this job, like one of the other, the one I just mentioned for me, like the one of the other bosses, like I've seen, okay, there was a lot of crazy stuff that went on there when I was there for that short run, but like the boss boss there, uh, she's made, I've heard, I've seen her make other people cry. Like people who've who was working in my like, um, common like work area. Cause I, I worked kind of in the cut, which was kind of nice, but like the one person I've seen her cry more than once. I'm just like, again, that's the other question I kind of have. I'm just like, so, cause I know there's a whole, the devil, the devil wears Prada kind of idea. Like we, in order to be super successful as a woman, you just have to be awful. Like, you know, you, you can't be nice or you can't, you know what I mean? Like you just have to like, you're always finding a way to intentionally or non-intentionally put other people down. Like there's always going to be a certain point where your coat, where your the people who work for you are going to be in the bathroom crying or be at their desk kind of just like, you know, the water works are coming out. So 
Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if again, I don't have a desire to be a boss bitch. I just don't. I don't have the time, I don't have the energy. I don't care about people or things enough to want to do that. I just want to do me. And so I don't know the psychology behind that either. Just like this needing to just be on top constantly. Sounds exhausting. It really does sound exhausting and like making sure that no one takes your spot and whatever. And I'm the, the type of person who's like, you want my spot? Take it because I, I want to take a nap. <laughs> you know? I, I'm not a competitive person. I never have been. I'm not competitive and I don't know. I mean, I guess in some ways it's not the best thing for me because then I just take myself out of the running most of the time. But I'm just, I figure, you know, if it's meant for me, it'll happen. And I obviously will put the work in and I do work towards things and I have goals and what have you, but I'm not going to knock myself out because life is not worth it. It's, it's too short and you just got to try and enjoy the ride. And if you don't get enjoyment out of something, I mean, it's easier said than done because I worked two crap jobs because I couldn't find another job um, and it affected my mental health and, and all that. But because you need, as you're saying, you need a job to keep um, a roof over your head. But at the same time, you know, as long as you have something outside of work that keeps you going, I mean, you know, I mean, look at April. She was... um she had an idea and she was terrified to bring it up because she knew that Jordan was going to shoot it down, you know, and that's not a good work environment. It's not. Yeah. Or thought. Yeah. Um, I was going to mention her too. I'm glad you brought her back up. Cause yeah, uh, April, I think she, I think she has a much more reasonable ambition where she's just like, I just, I'm passionate about this work and I want to do this. I think that's why she, you know, uh, I think that's a big part of why she she stayed with the company because it was probably probably one of the best companies to work with. And also, you know, when she found the confidence in herself to kind of pitch her idea, she was, you know, this is it was kind of a launching pad to bigger opportunities. And so and I think we all I think um, a lot of people put themselves in that position where, you know, you will endure an awful supervisor simply to get to the next space you want to be in so i can't even can't even falter for that but like because because and you could tell because if you're finding ways if you're literally finding those kind of ways to cope if you're trying to meditate if you're trying to do all of these things um, beforehand before going into work that's a lot and also with jordan the other thing about it is it's just like i don't I, i don't i wish i understood the psychology of this i don't but like it, again, it takes a lot of energy to be so terrible where you're yelling and screaming. That takes, that's, a, that's, I don't know. I just, I don't have that kind of, I don't have that kind of temperament. So I don't know. Cause it's funny. Cause listening to, um, the, again, Rant and Raven where Yamanika Saunders will just be like, I get so much energy from yelling. And then Chloe Hillier will be just like, yelling hurts. Like, it's just like, again, we're talking, it's different strokes for different folks, right? That whole saying where it's, it's, it's thing people are different in different ways. And so I just, yeah, to me personally, I just think that's just too much energy wasted and exerted just to be mean, like what, just to keep, just to keep people in check. So you go and this poor woman at, in the, in the pitch, in one of the pitch meetings, um, or a staff meeting, it looked like she was like about to cry and she, and Jordan's like, don't quiver, quiver your lip. And I just, come on now. Why do you have to be so mean? It's just, it's so, you know, I'm another uh, black movie reference. It's just like, she's like, you know, Debo, why don't you give him back his chain? That's what kind of feels like. I'm, I'm, 
I'm having that kind of moment where I'm just like mixing up all these references, but it feels like that way where you want to, where you want to like stand up for other people because somebody's being a bully. But um, yeah, so. Well, I, I find it's this lack of compassion and empathy. Um, that was the issue with the, one of the people that I worked with um, or under is that they had no empathy they actually seemed to thrive if you you started to cry. Um, it was just this awful energy. People who are like that are just, you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, they're afraid and, and they're hiding something. But sometimes they're just bad people, you know? Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to chalk it up to them being bad people. And I just don't understand thriving on someone's being upset and that energy. Like, where does that come from? It's just It's just nasty you know some people do i don't get it either um yeah i i think hmm i guess the best way to put it is that like i think whether i want to admit it to myself or not like deep down i am a really soft person i'm soft Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i i have i'm maybe it feels like i'm rough around the edges and and i'm thorny i'm definitely moody like I mentioned earlier, but like, yeah, you're right. It's just like, cause there are times where I feel like there are people deserve to get a tongue lashing, but I let it go. Mm-hmm. Or my natural reaction is to hug and want to, you know, console people more than anything else. Or even if they, even if it, I don't know, I've had situations where I'm just like, I wish I would have told that mother off. Like <laughs> I've had, or told that person to just get out of my house, like all of these things, but like, no, but my, but my, first reaction is to do something completely nice and i sometimes i hate that about myself i hate sometimes that i just can't be just like no you're wrong you're in, you're being insincere and f you like i sometimes i just want to do that but no and so um so again i i just i feel like yeah this movie interestingly enough again it brings out all of these like i i, I knew because i wrote down toxic bosses so i knew this was going to be a topic that was going to be deeply explored because that's what happens because like the because the because yeah again it's about the little girl isn't i guess is, is an important part of this as well the other little girl what's her name again i forget um stevie on, the it. magic the magic stevie. girl yeah stevie, so the yeah. girl who's um <laughs> the daughter of the guy who runs the donut uh the donut truck so mm-hmm. and then there's, there's a, again there's the donut truck yeah she her like jordan screaming about carbs it's just like yeah, bitch get over it like so like like so um you know she was bad when she threw out the donuts okay you knew she was bad i mean who throws out donuts anyway sorry (laughs) someone someone like april said who needs to eat carbs who should not be shunning them but yeah Yeah. so april's out there you know just being a kid and i used to love going to work with my mom so i know that's a whole take your daughter to work kind of situation or whatever is happening but yeah so she's and she's even annoyed by their kids and that's another telltale sign of like childhood trauma or uh i'm sorry i sound like a i sound like an armchair psychologist forgive me folks like i just (laughs) what i'm what i'm saying is it doesn't surprise me that jordan is doesn't even like kids because she didn't like the kids when she was growing up either or the or the way kids treated her so again you kind of like you're always you always have those little ticks where like you remember you you remember what it felt like to be x y and z so with her, it was like being around another kid. She's just like, I don't have time for these. She'll, I don't have a, ch- I don't have time for this child. And so they get into a little bit of it, and then the kid calls her out on it, which is, which I'm so, which he, I'm so happy that that kid, that that's Stevie's personality. Where it's just like, why are you so mean? 
And then that's when the whole, and then she does, because yes, that's, she likes doing magic. So she does the magic thing where she wishes that she was little. So if you were a little like, I think, oh, didn't she say something along the lines of, if you, if you were a little like me, you would know how, it, you would know how it feels to be, I forget. Yeah, but basically, uh, Stevie kind of waves her wand and wishes that Jordan was little. And then there's this whole kind of like surrealist kind of brush of winds that comes in, inside inside the office where she felt something happen to her. And then this is my issue. This is my biggest issue with this movie. Okay. The biggest one. When she wakes up the next morning and she's Marseille, mm-hmm. how does she not know she's little? When, when she initially wakes up, why doesn't she get dressed before she goes downstairs? Like she's she's waking up in her pajamas and she goes downstairs. Yeah, like what happened in the editing room? I, I that nothing none of this makes sense. It's true, it's true. Like she should be like I mean obviously she's vain, so she wants to get ready. Why would she go down in her pajamas? Like it's true. I guess they're just doing it for obviously comedic value but yeah it didn't quite work i did like that she tried to shove that kid though (laughs) i really enjoyed that (laughs) like that didn't work at all like you don't hear you don't hear the sound of your own voice that's different like you don't like again the thing with the glasses because i don't know if she wore contacts as old maybe she got laser surgery i don't know as an adult but like like don't you can't you tell like your eyesight's a little bit distorted you had to wear glasses again can't you feel the big the hair because her hair is a lot bigger and poofier like there's there's so many differences in her appearance that like wasn't like she should have known that before she even left her apartment and also like again like in, in the trailer like is she it shows her where she looks in the mirror and she starts screaming i'm like well where's that part like she just looks in the mirror and there's no like ever, you, you are going to freak the fuck out if mm-hmm. you wake up one morning and you're 13 again so that was completely missing from this like it didn't it did it's something the sequence of that seems really off and it brings the movie kind of down a notch for me personally. Yeah, no, it's you told that's a really great point because even like her point of view, she's like several, like what, a two feet t- shorter. <laughs> so your point of view, like you would feel it. Obviously you would feel that your body is smaller or what have you. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a bit of a miss because it's true. You're like, okay, this is funny because this kid's in her, oversized pajamas and she thinks that she's an adult but really knowing jordan she would never be seen like that she would never be seen in her pajamas you know so that's true that's a very good point yeah i was just so confused by that like it just didn't it seemed really off uh and yeah i'm just i hate to say it because i don't like (laughs) this is supposed to be a podcast about movies that we really liked and there's a lot i feel like there's a lot of good stuff in it and i also and Mm -hmm. i love the the main actors in this especially like regina hall is a veteran she's been like all of these people are so uh, astronomically talented but i think the script really suffers and it needed a it that script needed a few more drafts before they before they shot it yeah it did yeah i'm sorry yeah it really did um isa kind of becomes her quote unquote guardian so i thought i thought that was kind of funny because again she was kind of doing the thing another great film that reminds me of this movie is vice versa i don't know if you know that movie from the late 80s oh my god who was in that i know the title it's judge reinhold and uh oh my god fred fred savage 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't recall. I can't remember if I saw it, but I do remember. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, that's basically, it's a it's a body swap movie, though. So the mm-hmm. son and father swap bodies. So the father is in the son's body, and then the son is in the father's body. So, and that's th- those two. And so that kind of, it feels like, yeah, it's the person who had the authority before is now smaller, and now the more, the adult person is just like, well, I'm in charge of you now. So and she and then April was kind of flexing, like call call her Miss April, ma'am, and you know maybe say please and thank you every now and then. So I thought that was cute. And again, one of my I, I thought this was funny, but when she does have to, she has, she does have to take her to school because uh, child protective services is called on her. And so when they're in the uh, school parking lot, and she she. She doesn't. She doesn't whoop her. She just kind of like slaps her bottom. But I thought that was the whole sequence when they're fighting is funny. Yeah, and the security guard. And again, it, it was kind the security guard. Yeah, the security guard. He reminds me of my mama. It? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> after, oh my god, I'm I'm losing my I'm losing my train of thought. I should have wrote this one down. But like, um, we have a. It's like a black woman whooping. But he called it like a um, BWW or something like that. I forget. Forgive me. Right. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, that was hilarious. But yeah, um, and then she's like, "Start spanking your kids." Yeah. I know some people. I know some people do not like that um, idea. We're not going to no. get into it. Um, no. But uh, yeah, but that was but that was pretty funny. Because and, and again, the trailer, the way it, the way it was cut in the trailer was a lot funnier in my opinion. Again, you don't have to like. I guess that's the bad. I guess that's the like the thing about trailers, like what to show, what not to show, to get people's um, interest in it. Because you could, mm-hmm. I, I've, this is not the first movie I've seen this happen, especially in recent years, where you show too much in a trailer and then it kind of sours the viewing when you experience. See the film. Yeah, when you yeah. actually see the film, like I mean, my my favorite it was a black mama whooping park, <laughs> black mama whooping, <laughs> and then you. I love when she goes. You're gonna catch a groan beat. I was done when she said that. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! And she's taking her earrings off. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> Just laughing and laughing. But I mean, yes, the child beating thing. We're not getting into it. I know. Yeah. I mean, whatever. But it's true. The trailer, the way it was cut, I was like, yeah, it really is giving away all the best bits. Yeah. So screw it. I will say this. I think we. I think we were just recently talking about this. Listen, I'll say this. I think there are certain certain things or circumstances where, if you give your child a a, a spanking, sure. Mm-hmm. But I. But I don't think every offense that a child does is cause for a spanking. In no. my opinion, there are. I, I think. It, there are certain there are certain things where if you just talk to your child about like why this is wrong, I think that's just as effective as maybe as maybe some parents may think a spanking is. I can only speak for myself as a child because now that I look back, and I and I, and I know good and well enough who I was as a child, and if my mother had just said, you know, this hurt my feelings or I'm really disappointed, that would have been just as bad as a spanking. I don't think spanking mm-hmm. was. I don't think spanking in a lot of cases kind of res- re- resolves anything because I'm just learning that this is just, I'm just going to get a whooping and you're not teaching me anything. You're not teaching me why this is, why what I did was wrong or so bad. 
So I will say it's a for me it's a mixed bag. So that's that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, no, true. I mean, my my dad was horribly beaten by his dad, so he, as a result, would not spank us. My mother was spanked a lot, and she was happy to spank us. <laughs> not in a horrible way, but, you yeah. know, my mother was a lovely woman, but you pissed her off, you better run. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you just piss her off, you're like, no! Uh-oh, run! <laughs> run! <laughs> I mean, that was just... It was just... That's how it was, you know, when I was growing up. And I don't, I don't agree with spanking kids either. I don't, you know, you can, um, you can get them in other ways. <laughs> oh, you want to play Xbox? No, you, no, no, you can't play Xbox for two weeks. Or, you know, deprive them of things so that they know there's consequences. But, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I guess, I guess we did kind of cover this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, just one more note about that. Yeah, I think it just depends on the child sometimes because sometimes spankings, yeah. spankings don't work. Period. Sometimes spankings do no. are effective. So I don't know. Again, that that that's a that's a personal matter. That's a personal decision. Even um, I know. I think my friend said again because we're old school. Like it's, I I mentioned too. Like sometimes like your parents kind of like it's like kind of a generational thing where like the charges um the consequences are less and less like. You know, my mother was beat with extension cords and slippers. Mm. So, but she was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna do that's just, that's crazy. I'm just gonna spank my kids with a belt." Like, and then it gets in, and, yeah. and then now I'm like, "Well, I'm not gonna always spank my children. Like, I'm I I wouldn't always kind of spank my children if they didn't deserve it." Like, um, mm. I think no, my my niece has done some stuff where it. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where yes, a spanking is was probably necessary, but for the most part, no, she doesn't really, yeah. you know. But yeah, I we're getting we're getting way off point, but um, Completely, yeah, but anyway, basically, yeah. but no, it's it's funny how certain things in movies kind of prompt these larger discussions, but um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I I mean, so Jordan is forced to go back to school. And again, that's a, that's really a part of her arc. She's supposed to, again, kind of, kind of get the person she was before that bully kind of knocked her, kind of used that big ball thing and kind of knocked her on her behind. Mm. Where she had to, if if you if it get her so bad, you have to be hospitalized. First of, cause what, we didn't even see the consequences for that bully. Like, come, that, exactly. come on, exactly. This is a crime. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. It's the uh, yeah. It's like the idea of like you know, don't let change the world, don't let the world change you. Those kind of cliche sayings, but that's kind of what happens to an extent when, when things like this happen. When yeah, I mean uh, the, the bully. We don't see anything happen to that girl who who did that to her, which is basically assault. You know. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even though she's young, I'm like, no, you got to make it serious for her. Make make her address it. And but again, so, so that one situation made her in this to this you know terrible person where she she doesn't know how to communicate with people without yelling at them and belitt- belittling them, and now but she's now but she's back in that vulnerable place of being a kid again. It's very vulnerable for her. She has to again she has to address whatever unresolved issue she had from that particular time, and then she does that I guess by kind of like fitting in with the with the. I don't know what you call them the underdogs or i don't know that, that's not the right word the, nerd, the nerdy kids i mean yeah They're yeah the i guess kids. yeah yeah i I'm not, 
I guess they don't they don't fit a stereotype of a nerd to me. I feel like they're just the kids who again they're not the misfits. I guess yeah. Yeah, the misfits is better because they just doing what they doing. They're happy. Yeah. Like I've never seen misfits so excited about if we are involved in this talent show, people are going to respect us. Like that is such a that is such a I deal like this that's such an enthusiast i can't find the words right now forgive me that's such a that's such a positive way that's such a positive outlook to have even though they are they're kids they don't understand that the world is going to knock them on their ass (laughs) eventually but and i I just and again it's that it's that that's why i use the word light that's that brightness that you have when you're a child everything is so you're so jazzed about good things and about doing good things and about being a good person and then when people treat you so awful you're just like well is this how I survive? Like, it's just like, that's, yeah, this movie is kind of, this movie is low key kind of deep like that, you know, like it, it, yeah, it really is. Yeah. No, I love those little kids, the little misfits. I love them. Oh my God. They're so cute. Um, cause I would have totally been at that table a hundred percent. I would have been with those kids and we would have been tight. So I just, I don't know. Let's have a fondness for kids who don't really fit in because that was me right and I still feel like I don't really fit in you know which is fine because you kind of that's just how you move through the world but um yeah I really love their positivity and like okay well and like they're kind of like okay well let's just get up and dust ourselves off and we'll we'll just we'll just try harder you know like how pure is that I just yeah that's just really sweet yeah, I think it really was. And I think, yeah, again, they were the kids who kind of waved her, waved Jordan over to the table. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't, they didn't ostracize her immediately. And yeah, because the, again, that's the other thing, the popular girl, um, I'm sorry, not the popular girl, but like when she, when Jordan was trying to find a seat at lunch and then the black girl puts the, um, puts the bag or whatever down so she couldn't sit there. And she was like, yeah. oh, it's like that sister. Oh, like, right. <laughs> Cause you want to, cause you want to look to, you want to look to people who look like you to treat you a little bit better. And we both know that that is not always the case. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> you can, y'all can't see me slow blinking with my eyes really widely to emphasize that point. Um, but yeah, but it was, it was the, it was the misfits who said, yeah, sure, sit with us and not, 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 not for pity, not because they were looking for friends because they're just, they're just really, they're, they, they choose to be nice instead of falling into the hive of what all of the other kids at school are doing. And again, that, that kind of like, if you, again, standing out in a crowd is going to get you noticed and not always in a positive way. And so mm-hmm. I think that's what they were dealing with. And so again, I think. Jordan fitting in with the kids that she probably would have been friends with at that age. She, I guess I feel like she may have been helping them kind of combat that kind of bullying. Yeah. Like by like, you know, going to her apartment and stunting on the gram and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. You tell me, I'm I'm trying to, I was trying to make sense of like, you know, um, this kind of like seamless kind of uh, bond she's building with the, with the three kids. Well, I think it's a really interesting way that they used uh, social media because it's kind of a FOMO, right? So she's creating this persona of these kids to attract the popular kids so that the popular kids are like, oh, well, maybe, you know, it's just that fear of missing out, fear of missing the next 
big thing. And so Jordan, little Jordan is creating uh, the next big thing, which are these little misfit kids and making them look like they are something to pay attention to. And, you know, isn't that the kind of the gist of social media is that you want to see and it's it's rapid. So it's like, you know, you see these pictures and like Instagram has a feed and you have to scroll through the feed if you 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 miss some, you know, posts or Facebook, you have to scroll through. And so whatever you see that's immediate is what you should be paying attention to. Right. So I thought that was a really interesting way that they use the social media to kind of make these kids give them this profile that they are more or like this big shiny version of themselves and you know social media is a lie so (laughs) i mean i'll fall prey to it we look really oh i want to be on the vacation i want the cake i want the you know the roses or whatever and you know that it's not true it's just obviously a curated curated way to see somebody else's life and jordan is curating these children to look like they should be included you know it's 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 kind of um i don't know it's kind of scary that you can curate a whole persona and not be an iota of that thing that you're putting out there in the world it's it's really interesting yeah i i'm so yeah i guess i'm kind of numb to it at this point because these are all things that we know and didn't we talk about this last week or or last time? <laughs> yeah, I was talk I was talking about prior, like how scientists, like there there are experiments and I'm sorry, studies and research that have been done about how unhappy can social media can make you because you're only seeing one part of per, of a person's life. And I think we all that's kind of common knowledge now. It's just and and but people, not people necessarily, but I feel like there's still this need to do that or to. I don't, or, or maybe not people are just doing it. Maybe we're just, maybe it's just the matter of the fact is, is that people are just showing the best parts of their life and keeping the other parts private more or less. Because the, mm-hmm. because if people talk too much about, if there's too much of a Debbie Downer, no one wants to hear that, you know? There's these twin makeup um, influencers on, uh, on YouTube. And I, I watch them um, just because I think they're, they're interesting. I put them on in the background and one of them was having like a, a an awful depressive moment she said she didn't want to post about it because she didn't want to get the feedback that you were just really down or whatever but you know and you kind of assume the worst when you reveal your true self um even though and there are trolls out there don't get me wrong they're going to come after you but there are also people there out there that are are happy to hear that you two are having not happy but grateful to hear that you two are having you know, not such a great time and you can kind of um, relate to them on a human level. So, you know, there is, I mean, even though, as you're saying, like they, they don't want to post the, the darker parts or the, the rougher parts that they're going through, but sometimes it's helpful for other people, you know, I mean, but it's obviously up to the individual's choice, what they want to post. Yeah. Unintentionally helpful. Uh, sometimes I feel like you, you can save lives. Because I think a lot of people who, uh, I can't, I have to stop saying that. I'm speaking for myself. When when I'm spiraling into despair, it's because I feel like I'm really, truly alone. Like Mm -hmm. uh, this combination of emotions, I'm literally the only person who feels this way right now. No one will understand. And so I think sometimes when I hear other people say that they 
are currently that's even more helpful or going through a, a similar or the exact same situation it really helps you to feel like okay I'm not alone and definitely um, if when you hear from people who've got, gotten through it it gives you that little tiny glimmer that you're going to get past whatever you're feeling at this moment and mm. it's a it's you have to constantly I have to constantly train my brain to understand that it's every all of these feelings are temporary i'll be crying one minute and then i'll wake up the next morning and feel like everything will be okay or i'm so nervous and worried about this one thing or this one thing i have to do and then time will pass the meeting will happen whatever will happen i'm just like oh that wasn't too bad like you know it's just like it's uh, it's exhausting and it's complicated and i sometimes i hate the way my brain works but that's kind of just how i have to deal with things and deal with them and deal with it better and better as I move forward. So I think that's what it is. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're, yep. You've pretty much summed it up, you know? Yeah. We've again gone off topic because to, it's again, it's like these, it's the, it's these uh, seemingly innocuous things that are happening in this movie. I don't even know if that's the right word that are happening in this film that are bringing up bigger issues about life and stuff so yeah again that's the other thing with the um so again this might have been lost translation to me but so my question for you is do you feel like the relationship between the the three um, misfits i think their names are connor no i think it's isaac dev isaac devin and reyna the three misfits and and young jordan do you feel like they're do you feel like the like how the progression of their kind of relationship um do you feel that that pacing was off or was it on target? Do you feel like something for me is kind of lost in translation as far as like mm -hmm. being friendly with these strangers, with these younger kids that you really don't know. And you're again, you're, you are an adult. You're desperate to kind of get back to who you were like and falling kind of in in in, in with these um, younger kids. Like, do you feel like is the pacing of that off to you or am I kind of misreading it? I think. I think it suffered in the editing because I could see those little kids like, hey, this, you know, this new kid, she's, she wants to help us. I think they might see, see it in that way. So in that way, yeah, okay, sure, you want to come over and, and she, I don't know how she would have spun it to get them over. Um, but, you know, they have fun and they're children and they're trusting another child even though, you know, obviously inside she's an adult. So, and the confidence I think that she presented the offer to the kids was probably, you know, they probably like, well, nobody else would have offered this to us. So sure, let's go. So I think in that way, the pacing is okay. But I also think that there might've been like a couple things missed in editing. That's, that's my opinion. Like, it, it, I think that Obviously, they need to get to a point where she makes these kids cool enough to grab people's attention. But I think the way they kind of laid it out might have been lost a little bit. Yeah, because I feel like there would have been a little bit more resistance from Jordan to even acquiesce herself towards them. And mm -hmm. I don't know. And again, this is kind of a personal, now that I think about it. And again, maybe I, I'm trying to remember this clearly i may i i would feel more i don't know because i i don't think there's i don't think they even needed to like seem cool Change to the other though. kids 
Yeah, yeah like yeah. I'm just like, yeah. why? They seem fine, especially, especially that kid who could sing. Please, oh my god, he, he is himself. going to blow all of them little mother <laughs> out yeah. of the water with that voice once he's an adult. So, yeah, be the misfit now. That's going to benefit you later, like you know. So, but it also seems like it could have gone the, the darker way too. Like I was thinking, you know, because the horror brain. I think it could have been a carry situation, you know, <laughs> could have been like, you know, here, we'll help you out. And then like things go, things go horribly wrong. But um, also, I think that Jordan, big Jordan inside little Jordan is driven to prove that she is a good person. So um, the, these kids are a project for her. Oh, I'm going to prove that I can help them. So then I can get back to being an adult. Right. Oh, so, I never hmm. thought of that like they're a project for her so that she can she's doing a to get to b so that could be you know she her motivation is is a little bit skewed because <laughs> she wants to not be a child again so i feel so stupid no it, that had that had to be spoon-fed to me for me to get that i did not put two and two together that way but yeah that makes sense that makes sense i do agree that getting there is was kind of it was kind of like bloop blop bleep and then you know <laughs> oh man yeah no okay we you've made this movie make a little bit more sense to me beautiful so yeah you're right okay so yeah because there's no like um there's no book on this magic about how to get back to where you were and that but that's but that rule that that that's more clear to me so i guess through all of that i mean they do get to again there's a lot of back and forth because april goes on to kind of not run the company, but she's kind of in charge making some decisions while uh, Jordan's quote-unquote out sick or whatever, but it seems like, yeah, because the whole thing about the the urgency of Jordan being being there in April kind of running things is that this, uh, I don't know if you even call him, a white guy with way too much money and too much time on his hands. Oh, um, <laughs> Connor. I'm leaving your, yeah, I'm leaving your company if i don't get you know the kind of apps i want or whatever i don't know i'm i forgive me i'm completely ignorant to stem i was terrible at math and science i i couldn't i couldn't be good at it even if i tried i and i did try um so something about it something about making a, an app or whatever like a, a game app that's um, exciting or that interests me and they give them about like you know uh, two days to, in order to do this. And the app that they end up pitching is, of course, April's Discover Eyes, uh, mm. which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie, fell flat for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, mm, meh. But yeah, obviously, okay. it's the point of the movie is to see the world as a you know a child right. who has a clear vision blah 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 i did, i totally get it but i was like Meh. yeah it doesn't i'm saying that this this script needed more drafts so bad it needed some peer reviews yeah and, and i'm saying that as like someone who i'm a novice and i have some friends who i deeply respect for their uh their sharp tools and their script sheds as far as reading them and knowing how to analyze them and edit them so, and if I'm a lay person and I can, I'm, I'm, and I can point out those kind of glaring misnomers, that's not good, not mm. good at all. 
Um, so yeah, so that's so. Thank you, Carolyn, for explaining the app for folks who haven't seen this movie yet. And so, and again, it was it was rough too because like towards the end where she's pitching it, and, and right in the middle of her pitch, she just go, Connor just goes nope and then walks out. It's just like, well, dang, you know. Oh my god! So. I enjoyed that. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's just kind of just kind of blindsided. She's like, uh, okay. <laughs> But that's reality, though. That is a re- that is yeah. reality, and that happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, it's I think it's those it's, it's those um, particular circumstances or experiences that that do kind of um, grow you. And again, it kind of it kind of steps your game up a little bit. Like maybe she went back into the drawing. Maybe she went back to the drawing board. And I mean, it could still be the same app, but you could do something more. And int- there's something you could do a little bit more exciting and interactive with it that would appeal to. Um, an older cr- an older crowd of people the ones that she was actually pitching mm-hmm. to so I don't know but mm-hmm. yeah I kind of just like this is your app this is all you came up with <laughs> like I don't I don't get why I need to look at my smartphone and want to look through a child's eyes and what kind of child are we talking about are we talking about like the little girl from <sighs> I lost my reference but y'all know what I mean like what kind of child are we talking about are we talking about a badass kid are we talking about a good kid are we talking about a nerdy kid. like what kind of kid like it's just you just i don't know some things it's just true. don't make sense to me yeah it's true i mean is, is it damien from the omen or like who <laughs> like who who are you look what whose eyes or is it just your own see but you can't replicate the viewer's own childhood experience because you don't know them unless you're right. ai and you're in their heads and you're a chip and now i'm getting into my ai fear but whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that creepy New World Order stuff that no one wants yeah. to like, really address. But yeah, like, okay. So that, again, we're going down that rabbit hole. Because this movie... Who knew this movie would pull so much from us? So much! <laughs> it's like you're having a therapy session and we're also talking about conspiracy theories. It's just, it's crazy. And so, I thought all we were going to talk about was were the men, the hot men in this movie, but I guess not. <laughs> I, yeah, hot, hot men and terrible bosses, right? Like, no. Yes. <laughs> It ended up being more than that. <sighs> and now I'm just like, now I'm just like frustrated. Like even because I was watching it because I saw this in the movie theater. I went to go see it in the theater. Mm. Remember right. movie theaters? Yes. <laughs> oh. I miss going. I mean, I, 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 see this, I'm going on another sidebar. The other thing is just like, you know, I could have, we could have seen Candyman by now. We could, we could have had Candyman. But uh, they were like, oh no, they go see it in the theater. I don't want to see it in the theater. I want to see the movie. I don't need to see it in the theater. Now. And the people who are talking now. about, oh, let's see it in the theater are already people who already done seen it. See, <laughs> let me see. This okay. Is, uh, we're talking about little folks. Little. Yes. Um, what else happens in the movie? They do, um, the, again, the, the, what, go ahead. Did you want to, please? Oh, no, yeah, just, yeah, I think, also, I really like the, um, I like that the uh, the staff, Jordan's staff at the, the, the tech company, and how they're like, oh, I hope she never comes back, and, you know, because <laughs> she's just a her. And then um, her her handsome co-worker, what was his name again? Um, uh, Preston? Preston, yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm like wah wah wee wah. He's so lovely to her and and encouraging, and it's like, oh my god, I loved him. But yeah, I just like that the dynamic within the staff as well, being terrified and and nobody really. And I think as you had mentioned before, 
she uh, April was sticking it out because she felt that she could go somewhere with this job. And I think everybody on that staff felt that there was something good about this place, this job, this company that they could endure this abuse and make something else out of it and make something of themselves. So it's just kind of interesting to see that. Yeah. Yeah. Also job security too, I think plays a big role in it. Cause that true that, uh, that company looks like it's popping. Like they could, you know, that's, there's some, there's good money to be made. And, you know. Jordan did mention benefits. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you so can't beat that. All of that stuff. But yeah, it's, because even, even, I guess her hearing that as little Jordan, I guess kind of helped her put in, to put in into perspective because she had, she had lived enough days as young Jordan again to kind of understand um, what it feels like when to be uh, picked on and poked and prodded and to be and to be on the other side of being um, antagonized again. So, and then to hear her to hear the people that work for her kind of say those kind of things. I think it. I think because if she was still adult Jordan, she wouldn't. She wouldn't care. But I think as younger, I think as younger Jordan, again, she was kind of just like, tag, you know, is, is that how I am? This is the whole outside looking in kind of um, idea, I guess, for that. Like to know, I'm like, yeah, maybe I, I don't need to be so terrible. Even towards the end, it was just kind of just like, she's still, I think that's just a part of her personality. She's a yeller. <laughs> um, yes. And kind of brazen a little bit and a little bit like, you know, jarring. I think that's just her personality, but still like she... The way she kind of uh, addressed it like at the end of the movie, uh, it was just kind of like she was still doing all those things, but it was just like, you know, um, I want to open it up to everyone so everyone could have a chance. And it's not just so, yes, it's not just me running this machine. It's all of us. We're, we are a team. It's, I'm, I'm not just the boss or whatever. So even even still that still kind of felt off i'm just like well dad you don't gotta yell and say that and then and also i guess it was baby steps right because like you know how it says like um her initials but then like an associates and the n associates is like really tiny on the logo yes (laughs) (laughs) it showed like she's trying right she's me it's true it's baby steps she's not all the way there i don't think she's ever gonna really change as that go-getting you know, ball breaking woman, but at the same time, she's to find she she's discovering or or embracing her tender, more tender aspects of her of her personality. So, yeah, I work. I think that works in the, in the movie's favor. I like to. It's not like a full arc. It's a I'm no. on the road to because, and I think that's that is so true to life. Like mm-hmm. once you do hit that revelation, once you once therapy really starts to kind of transform who you are and you start to find those coping mechanisms um to live a healthier to have a healthier lifestyle um then you're just every everything is baby steps it's not going to happen overnight like and i some sometimes all the time i wish it could happen just overnight where i'm just like okay i'm going to stop doing x y and z i'm going to stop doing this because i need to get better about things and you fall right back into it you don't do it as much as you used to and you may be more guilty you may feel more guilty about like you know falling back into like those old old behaviors that you're trying those old habits that you're trying to break but it t- it takes time and i think what jordan's character exemplifies is things take time me coming out of this deep decades old issue is going to take time and i and that i definitely Ooh. appreciate 
And at least she started eating carbs again. Yes. So <laughs> there's that. Do not throw a whole box of donuts out. That is her therapy work for the week. <laughs> oh my god, I was horrified. I actually, I remember, because I saw this movie, I think my sister and I um, watched it on demand. And then I, I rewatched it and I just my mouth dropped open, I guess, because I can't just kind of waltz out and there's no like nice donut place by me. So just to see the travesty <laughs> of this, the donuts being thrown out, my I actually my jaw was my drop my draw jaw for a few seconds. <laughs> like, are, you throwing it in, are you throwing it in my face? Because I live I live in walking distance of a donut place. <laughs> oh, my God. And I've been there. Right. That was the place you took me. Right. Did but did you did that take you? Maybe I don't yes. remember what's going there. We did. I th- we went to a donut place and it's a small little store. Okay, part, right? yeah, we yes. totally went there then. We went there and I remember. And there used to be a vegan donut spot here, and they closed down and they were so good. Anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just um, I I liked and I like the um. That, what did you actually? I wanted to ask you this. What did you think of the Mary J. Blige um, karaoke moment? Oh, again, it was weird. Like, yeah, where's this coming from? And why are we singing "I'm Going Down" out of all the Mary J. Blige? Yeah, I didn't know what to think of that. It was okay. It, I, I chuckled, but I'm also just like, where is this coming from? It just seemed kind of out of place a little yeah. i mean it was cute and it was fun and you know i i i think like they just threw in like i think the best moments for me were when um isa ray was just like doing riffing like when she was um she's so april is so thirsty <laughs> she's <laughs> just so thirsty and when they see the teacher and she's like I'm, oh you know i'm i'm single and, like, Listen, so r- and then i oh. I would no, but see, I, I I wish I had that kind of confidence because I would have just smiled at him, and be like, "Oh, he's walking away. He probably doesn't think I'm pretty." Like that. See, that's me. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I have, I have yeah. my self esteem is in the toilet. But I think April didn't give herself enough credit. At least she flirted to get to to yep. make people know that she was interested. I don't even do that. That's why I'm still single. <laughs> Let me not even get into that again. We're going down rabbit holes. Oh no, then when D Boy's doing the dance, it's just the ad libs that she was doing. Oh my god. You call him so Johnny Gill D Boy, even though that's his name in the movie. Kind of <laughs> sorry. I think it's Trevor, sorry, but he called Yeah. No, no, no. But that's what she that's what he's referred to in the movie, but I think his yeah. character's name is Trevor. But yeah, that was Trevor. again, like first of all, nigga, why are you doing a strip tease in my house? Like I didn't ask for this. I re- those are those are requests. Like that's I don't I don't know. I am not okay. Let me take that back because I am not the kind of woman who would be excited about an impromptu striptease. All you got to do for me is come in with some food and a movie. That's all I want. I don't need a striptease. I know you're fine. I know you have a nice body. Like we'll get to that later. Right now, I just want to eat this food and watch this movie. So, adulting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly, I'm I'm not a fun yeah, I'm not a fun person anymore. I'm out of my twenties. That those days are over. <laughs> Listen, I know. I I'm the same way. I'm like, Mark cooks a good meal, we watch a good movie, 
that's his ticket okay <laughs> he's like he loves to cook i'm like cook for me baby but you know like yeah i it was cute and it you know yes there are there are women who are older than me who would enjoy that sure oh but yeah with us our personalities i just don't think we're just down with that it's just like whatever I never was into strippers, but like, but he's not, the no. character's not a stripper. We're not saying that, but like, no, no, that's, no. but he's like an artist of some sort. So he just likes to perform and he likes this. So it's interesting that, that jo- him and Jordan are kind of become a pair, like, and it, cause Ooh. it makes sense. They're, they're very, I think they're, they have that level of confidence and ass- assertiveness, both of them, just in different arenas of an, in- of industries, basically. Ooh. That's all it is. Yeah. But they're yeah. they're the they're the same person, but he's much more in touch with his feelings, as they say. Mm-hmm. And so that's what that's why that's how, why they di- diverged until she kind of like won't let me. Uh, yeah, because I think you know your your issues with co- um, commitment. Her her issues with commitment is an extension of again who she was as a person and that person who's always bullying and always has to again. You, I'm not going to let anyone get to me. So and even someone who wants to just love her, which. Well, yeah, mm, let, I'm not gonna say what I want to say on here, but but that's the um. But I what but what I will say is that's really interesting how she has a person who really loves her or who really or, or not loves her. Now, I don't know if he, I don't like use I don't like throwing throwing that word around. I think people have thrown around too um simply, but or too easily. But what I'm saying is he really wants to get to know her because he's into her. Someone who we've been talking about this whole time has been so awful. Yet, this man who's in touch with his feelings, who's all about, you know, wanting a real relationship, and he keeps pushing it onto a person who keeps pushing back and who's not very nice. Right. I find that very fascinating and very frustrating. he He was already, he thought that little Jordan was her daughter. He was ready to accept this kid as, you know, oh, you know, I really want to get to know you. Like, he was ready to do whatever it took to stay in in big jordan's life you know like i i if it were me and and, and some guy thought that i had a kid <laughs> i just feel like they would be like later and they run for the hills you know what i'm saying like but like he is so ready to to be there and that's and and and, and you make a really good point because big jordan is surrounded by really good people solid people people who care about her and who put up with her garbage and she does not appreciate it. Yeah, that's mm, that. I don't, you know, I'm I'm yeah. just a person sitting here. I'm I'm just try, I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to, I'm doing everything I can to improve myself. But I I I, I don't I don't got a man. You know, I'm just saying <laughs> with washboard abs, dark chocolate skin. You know, who just wants to love me? I'm just saying. It's just I find it really interesting how a person who just is really trying like really trying their best yeah and crickets and tumbleweeds yeah i don't know interesting to me yeah it's yeah (laughs) carolyn (laughs) uh that's all i have to say about the movie i mean the movie ends like you know again quite nicely it does have a voiceover where again she's opening up the company to to other people the kids kind of come back i think she maybe she's getting the kids involved maybe she's gonna have some kind of stem program for a middle school youth who knows Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it it has that good old-fashioned hollywood flowery ending 
but again there's uh, there's more to it there's Ooh. with this this movie has a lot of depth and i think for as watching it watching a kid watching watching this movie that's clearly targeted to younger adults or younger kids mm-hmm. um, also has this element to it where you can watch it as an adult and you're just yeah you're on you're you're on a couch talking to your therapist you know you, it's that's kind of how it feels a little bit but you tell me yeah. is there anything else about this movie that kind of gets your goat um well i just love the uh the the kind of big finale um talent show dancing that uh, little jordan does <laughs> i'm like she's one of my disciples because i um i i have okay so i don't know if not too many people know some people know but i have a really bad hip i and i basically need a hip replacement and but i love dancing i used to be a dancer I used to be a club kid. I used to go out and dance. So I still try to dance, <laughs> even though I'm usually in pain every day. So I really enjoyed the dancing because I'm like, I taught that kid everything she knows. <laughs> <laughs> I was dying. That's I cute. love that scene. I love the dancing. She's so, And then the little kids, when they're doing the flossing move, oh my God, they're so cute. It's, I really love those scenes when they were dancing and then they were trying to audition and they were just horrible i just wanted to like i find as i get older i'm more tolerant of children and i don't know what that is if there's like a i'm a i'm a great aunt and i don't know if that that there's a hormone that comes out as you get older you when you tolerate great i don't i know dude um my great niece is like what 13 or 14 now it's freaking me out a little bit she's like gonna be taller than me a hundred percent and she's just a she's a joy i miss her so much too she's a great kid but um she um yeah just seeing those little kids i just want to like i just want to snuggle them they're so cute anyway the end that's all i yeah that i guess i that those are the points that i really enjoyed was just seeing the little kids at school and um how sweet they were and also i have to make another point too um there's a a a toronto film critic here her name's sarah ty black i love her she's so smart she's a brilliant writer and she had tweeted um i think just about a couple days ago saying that she wants to see like just like some fun movies with black people in it right and i co-signed i tweeted back and i'm like i just want to see something zany and just us black people having fun and I have to hand it to this film. It's silly. It's zany. It's fun. It's showing black women just having fun and being like not self-conscious and and overcoming, you know, issues that may paint us in a certain light. So I think that's just my final word is that, you know, I'm just really it was just just watching this film the other day just made me laugh and it's fun. And I just wanted to laugh, aside from the deeper things that it does touch. So, there, my final say. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with that at all. I actually 100% agree. That's what I would say to kind of wrap up and end. Like, yeah, and also my middle school pep rallies were never that lit. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> and we, yeah, we we were a pretty lively bunch too. Again, I'm, I was, I was always quiet. I think I'm less quiet as an adult, obviously. But yeah, I was, I was always, I was a pretty quiet person, but. I did love being around people. I love people who have bigger personalities than me. They always 
don't know. Like I, I like people with every personality, but pe- being around people with bigger personalities and them accepting me for who I am, that was all. Those were always the most probably the most loyal friends I had, to be perfectly honest. Um, so yeah, for me, that's little, and we are really melanated, and that was a really melanated uh movie. <laughs> Very melanated, nice um, dark women. I love it. Yeah, plus a really hot uh, middle school teacher who you know he he, he can call me because I'm nice, you know. I'm 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 actually trying to be a nicer person. I don't know if I necessarily call myself nice, but I would definitely call myself just a person who really wants to respect and love people. Like I'm learning to do that. Like I'm really putting in the work. So I'm gonna put it out there. If there's any guy out there who looks like that middle school teacher in little. You can call me and email me. I will put my email address back out there publicly. <laughs> you are nice, Ashley. So just FYI. Uh, I can't. Uh, no, I can be. I won't. I don't know if I'm necessarily say that about myself. But <laughs> let's, before we end, I wanted to shout out. So you may hear some new music. You may see some new visuals. And the visual in particular, uh, we just want to shout out Samara Barks. Uh, thank you, Samara. She owns Mixed Used. Uh, you can call her Sam. She's from Detroit, but she lives in East Austin right now. She is a full-time freelance designer, illustrator, and muralist under her own company, which is Mixed Use, and she created it to fill a very real need of seeing more representation of women of color in two communities she's passionate about. One is art, and one is roller derby, and she thrives on making art that adds a smile, a hint of beauty, or a warm feeling, and is working on creating more public art pieces in and around her community. So um, thank you, Sam, for putting in the work to make our new kind of logo and design also um uh, uh, send out your positive vibes towards her as well she is in austin where a whole bunch of mess is going with to all texans on uh, obviously who are dealing with power outages and lack of water and things like that my heart goes out to all of you absolutely hey carolyn hey who did our music um, our music was done by a Toronto DJ. His name is Razak El Toro, and that's our intro and outro music. And you can find all his stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, and Bandcamp. And he's also on all the socials as well. Um, and we'll put a link um, to his uh, link tree as well. Thank you very much, Razak. We love it. Yes, thank you. And it's it's uh, Samara Barks. If I didn't say Barks, forgive me. It's Barks or Sam Barks. And she's on Twitter at Mixed Hughes and also Instagram and Facebook, I think, at Mixed, at mixed underscore Hughes on Instagram. Mixed Hughes on Twitter. And you can find Mixed Hughes on Facebook as well. And speaking of social media, I am on Twitter at Ashley Takes Note, Carolyn. And I'm on Twitter uh, at VFD Pixie. And I guess there's stuff coming up for us, but I guess look for it on Insta- on Twitter. I don't feel like promoting it. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know. I think, do I have stuff? I don't think I have stuff coming up. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatevs. See you yeah. guys. Bye. Thank you.